Coming up on Stu Does America, the left thinks minorities are too stupid to obtain a legal ID to vote. So comedian Tim Young is here. He's doing something about it. We'll tell you all about that. An NFL player has his Jeep stolen, but it's what he left inside that has him appealing to the public for help. We'll tell you what it was. And China is being blamed for the hack on Microsoft. Are we supposed to be surprised by this? Let's see what else is going on with the sleeping giant as we do the China Hustle. Stu does America. You are not going to believe this. You know, sometimes I come on and I feel like I'm telling you a story that you might be able to predict a week before it happened. But not this one. No, no. You see, Microsoft got hacked. And it looks like it was China that was responsible. <laughs> Who would have thought? I never would have seen it coming. It's almost as if China is a bad actor in all of this. Now, I don't know if China was the one responsible for making every email of mine that's important go into spam. Uh, is that what they did? Because why would you hack Microsoft? It already works like trash all the time. However, the Biden administration has come out and actually made a statement on this, kind of outwardly calling out uh, the Chinese government. They say, quote, the United States accused China uh, for the first time of paying criminal groups to conduct large scale hackings, including ransomware attacks, to extort companies for millions of dollars, according to a statement from the White House. That's kind of a big deal. It doesn't normally happen. Now, you might see kind of the, the, the imbalance here, because while China is attacking us, we're issuing statements. And that's not always... You don't necessarily want to be on that side of the debate. But not only cyber attacks, uh, but also economic attacks are coming from China. And this is a story that almost no one knows here in the United States. And it's amazing that it's, uh, that it's really been hidden and not really talked about by the media. Chinese businessmen are stealing money from U.S. investors. And this has been going on for quite a long time. A documentary came out a couple of years ago. It's called The China Hustle. Uh, it came out uh, 2018, I believe. It's from the people who made um, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Um, it has sort of a feel of the big short uh, in a way. Maybe not that complicated. If you watch the big short, you know it's kind of hard to follow all the transactions as they go back and forth. A little bit difficult. But it involves complicated financial transactions. And to understand the story, you sort of need to know the basics of them. So we'll dumb this down so like even I can understand it. Basically, it comes, one of the big parts of this is the reverse merger. So how does this work? Uh, let's say you start a company and you get it listed on a stock exchange here in the United States. Eventually, your co uh, company, something happens and it goes dormant. You're not really using it anymore. It's sort of a shell. It's still listed on the exchanges, but it's inactive. Totally empty shell corporation. So Chinese companies then look for these examples, they look for these possibilities, and then they merge with the dormant shell company. So they come in, they say, all right, we're a Chinese company, we found Bob's, you know, Bob's, uh, Bob's Bar and Grill, and they're listed for some reason on the exchange. There's actually some of these that are like this. There was one uh, deli that was valued at $113 million, somewhat related to this uh, particular way of doing things. Um, but Chinese companies then come over, they take over operations, the Chinese company then comes in, and then they are now listed on the stock exchange. Now, this is great for the Chinese company, because they're listed on the stock exchange to get access to all that American capital without all the hassles of having to prove that they're a legitimate company. They just come in, do what they want from China, 
under the brand name initially of a, uh, a dormant U.S. company that had already cleared all those hurdles for it. There are hundreds of fake Chinese companies here in the United States operating on our exchanges. Investors putting money into these companies that are basically fake, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they're basically sacrificing their own cash and investment uh, to a company that's completely lying about the way they do business. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Orient Paper is one of them. Now, Orient Paper looked like one of these companies that was rising in China, that was doing everything right. The Chinese miracle was in process. They were claiming $100 million in revenue per year. So was any of it true? Carson and a friend went to check out the factory, but right away, something seemed off. It was a country road. It was in poor shape. That road could not support the massive trucks that would be going in and out of that facility all day. Then we got into the factory. It was a complete dump. Half the machines were broken, weren't working. Garbage rotting out in the front yard, no signage. And this is their main manufacturing facility. There's water everywhere. All right, this is a company that's a paper company. <laughs> now, I don't run a paper company myself, but my understanding is paper and water do not mix. This is not, the, if you have a paper company, you want to keep the situation generally dry. Just a possibility. They overstated the revenue by about 40 times. Uh, what the this is what the analysis wind up find finding. And you're investing all this money in it. They're telling you they're making hundreds of millions of dollars and half their machinery isn't even working. Where are these trucks? How are they even doing this? Obviously, it was just China and the Chinese uh, business people who were just manipulating their numbers and making these stock uh, prices go up to enrich themselves at the expense of us. Or how about the case of China Green Agriculture. Watch this. China Green Agriculture came to our attention originally in 2009. And we invested long into what we thought was a great fertilizer company. Their stock was pumping. Press releases were coming out about deals they were making with Nestle and whoever else. Dan calculated that in order to fulfill these contracts, dozens of trucks would have to be loading and unloading goods all day. So even though monitoring private companies is illegal in China, his team risked lengthy jail terms to set up surveillance cameras outside the factory gates. We filmed them for 344 days. Tape showed us a very little activity going, very few employees coming in and out. <laughs> 344 days they watch, and you saw the footage there. I mean, there's nothing going on. This is just basically an empty parking lot. Not only do they not have hundreds and hundreds of employees or dozens and dozens of truck drivers, they, the, the people who are looking at these investments actually sent an investigator and had them pose as a tea salesman to ask the people who work there, the guy at the front gate, they said, hey, uh, how many employees do you have? How many drivers do you have? So, you know, we have enough samples of tea for everyone because we want to try to sell some tea. The answer, they had one driver. One driver for this entire company. Now, there is something mildly satisfying about someone investing in a BS green company and getting screwed. That's not the good part of me saying that. That's the bad part of me saying that. But there's something kind of satisfying there, isn't there? I mean, just the, just the smallest bit of you probably takes a little bit of satisfaction in that fact. But how did they get away with all of this? Well, 
here's the thing. There are no laws in China against defrauding foreign investors. Think about that for a second. There are no laws in China to stop people from defrauding foreign investors. So someone in China who's based in China could report fake revenues. They caught them time after time after time after time. The, the, the stock skyrockets. They enrich themselves just on BS reports. Uh, they could tell the Chinese government they're making $10 million a year. Tell the U.S. government they're making $100 million a year. Who cares? When they are caught, they usually, and it's very rare that they are caught, they just get to keep the money. They've already made the money. They don't have to give it back. All of these scams cost investors an estimated $50 billion. U.S. investment banks, by the way, were helping along these transactions. Think about that. It wasn't just China. They couldn't do it by themselves. U.S. banks took this money. Um, auditors took money to look at these companies to give people a false sense of security. Uh, and then people wound up getting hosed. No one really was punished for this, except for one firm, Rodman and Renshaw. Now, Rodman and Renshaw uh, did get caught up in all of this. They're fined $315,000 and they lost their license. They wind up going bankrupt. Which brings me to former Democratic presidential candidate Wesley Clark. Do you remember this guy? Uh, the face might look a little familiar if you were to see him in a photo. He ran as a Democrat in 2004 in the primary, and he was kind of talked about. He's promoted pretty heavily back then. He finished second in New Hampshire, wound up winning, I think, Oklahoma, finished second and third in a bunch of states. If you want to kind of rank all the candidates from that primary, you'd probably say he finished about fourth in the election. So he was a legit contender. His big connections to the Clinton family, he wound up campaigning for uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. So why do I bring him up? Wesley Clark was the chairman of Rodman and Renshaw. That's, that's where he went after running for president. He became the chairman of Rodman and Renshaw. He took part in the documentary. And I will say, when someone says, hey, we're going to look into this uh, particular situation that you may have been involved in, and maybe you didn't act uh, in the best way possible, and they want you to come in for an interview, usually you should just say no. Apparently, Wesley Clark decided instead to say yes, and then he immediately regretted it. During the heyday of the reverse merger boom, they doled out almost $18 million in bonuses to their executives, but their problems caught up with them. In 2012, they paid a $315,000 fine and surrendered their broker's license. Soon after, they filed for bankruptcy. So I want to make sure you understand, my investment bank is called Invera. It's not Rodman and Renshaw. I was the chairman of Rodman and Renshaw. I was not a banker at Rodman and Renshaw. Um, I didn't have anything to do with the financial transactions in no, China. Just the chairman. That wasn't me. I'm the guy that told them you got a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And I left the company um, a year or so, 18 months after that, from the board. My question is, who did he tell? How about, and then I went down to Washington and saw all the people that I know while I was running for president <laughs> and told them what was going on. I don't think I want to be in the film. Uh -oh. I think it's just... It, it invites attacks on me, mm. and I don't need that. I'm trying to build a business. Mm, yeah, that's... See, here's the thing. You should probably say that before you show up for the interview. Um, this is just... I'm, he's not in the media. I have to do this media stuff all the time. This is my media advice to you, General Clark. Later on, uh, Wesley Clark actually walked out of the interview. Watch. This is a mistake for me. It's a mistake for the people that depend on me. I've got a firm. I've got people that work for me. I owe them 
my best opportunity to give them a living. And this doesn't help. This hurts. So I want out of this. Well, I'm not, this is not an attack piece on you. It doesn't, no, it that's, that's not my intention, nor is that. I thought I could do this in an academic way, but I realized I can't. <laughs> I thought I could do this in an academic way, but I realize I can't. Yeah, I, I bet. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Bilking U.S. investors out of tens of billions of dollars would put it up near Bernie Madoff for the worst financial business scandal in history. But almost no one has ever heard of any of this. This is, my, this is why I would recommend uh, to watch The China Hustle, my little film review of the day, because it kind of walks you through all of this. And it's not some conservative hit piece on Wesley Clark. It's just telling the story. China is doing these sorts of things, and I feel like we don't even pay attention to it. So in the grand scheme of things, all of this is kind of small potatoes in a way, because you've got to consider what else the Chinese government is doing to us. Their scams are stealing our money, yes. Their cyber attacks are stealing our identities, yes. And their inability to contain a pandemic is stealing our lives. And don't even get me started on TikTok, which may be the worst thing the communist China has ever unleashed on the world. Trying to buy or sell a home these days. Oh, yeah, that can be challenging. I guess it's not hard to sell a home. <laughs> Anyone can sell a home right now. Your home can be infested with rodents and cockroaches and all sorts of weird creatures. And you can still sell the home, probably above asking price. But you better make sure you're taking advantage of the situation the best way possible. You know, this could be this is one of the greatest opportunities you may have ever had to sell a home. And, you know, it's already there's the market showing some signs already of cooling off. You want to make sure that you take advantage of this time. Make sure you can get the most amount for your money if you're selling your home. And if you're buying a home, it's just as important. When the market is hot, you don't want to jump at the first thing that you see just because it's out there. Because you feel like, you know, you've you know, tried to get other houses and someone's outbid you. That doesn't mean you've you got to go for the, for, for, uh, the biggest the biggest and best or the highest offer possible. You need a real estate agent you can trust to walk you through these situations, to keep you balanced in those uh, heated moments. Now more than ever, realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to get your answers, to get your person, to get the person in your area that can help you find the solution to your real estate issues. realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. realestateagentsitrust.com. So happy to welcome into studio comedian Tim Young, host of the excellent podcast, No Things Considered, with Tim Young. Nice. <laughs> a founder and president of the brand new organization, IDs Across America. Tim, how's it going? Uh, it's amazing. I, I created myself a job this past week, and I'm <laughs> looking forward to sorting through a thousand volunteers I've gotten in three days. This is actually, I think, a really great idea. And, you know, you're a comedian. You, you know, you observe culture all the time. You like to have fun with it. This is something where you can have fun with it. And it's actually, I think, a really good thing. Yeah, listen, I was told by the Democrats that went to D.C. <laughs> mm -hmm. that 100,000 Texans don't have access to be able to get an ID. And I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> right. What are you doing in D.C.? Why aren't you helping people get their IDs? It's free to get an ID in Texas. Mm -hmm. So why not start an organization to help these people out? Surely each one of these 100,000 people will come to me looking for this help. I mean, they got to be out there, right? Yeah, they got to be. I mean, I would expect this almost immediately. And this goes back to this thing where they, the, the left constantly says, 
voter ID is racist. It's uh, unfair because minorities can't get IDs. Now, I feel like every minority I talk to about this issue is pissed off that that's what they think about them, that they're incapable of getting ID. Is that what you found when you've been talking to people about this? Yeah, they're pretty upset about it. In <laughs> fact, when I announced this on the radio the other day, I had a couple of African-American folks call in and mm -hmm. they're like, why do Democrats think we're so stupid? <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I really, uh, honestly, if we can help one person, it's great. Yeah. But I do believe that we currently have more volunteers than people we will ever help in the existence <laughs> of this organization. And by the way, yeah. I'm looking forward to Major League Baseball reaching out, mm. uh, the National Basketball Association reaching out, it's also known as the NBA. All these sports that say that they want to help disenfranchise voters. Obviously, we're going to have to have a stand at every one of their stadiums and events. I would assume so, because they've told us many, many times that, that they don't know how to figure it out. Uh, they, they are all about voter access. At least that's what I'm told. Uh, that's, they're supposed to be there to help. So I assume that's going to happen. And I feel like, though, because is it true? I think it's if it's not every state, it's almost every state that you can get a free ID to yeah. go vote if, it, if the ID is required. There's no, there's no exceptions to that, is there? No, there aren't. And if there are, if for some reason there is one... I'll be happy to shell out my 10 bucks out of my pocket. There's nothing illegal right. about buying it for someone. Mm -hmm. I will put that money forward. If somebody wants to donate money to our organization, I, I don't even have a way to take this money yet. <laughs> but if you want to just give me money and whatever we don't use, I'll drink. Okay, there we go. <laughs> if you see Tim on the street, just throw money at him. Mm -hmm. uh, how would you envision this actually working? Like a, a, a voter, let's just say, a voter really wants to get ID, doesn't know how to do it. They would contact you. What, what happens in this well, situation? We'll give them the information and, and that's going to be on the website. I don't even, I haven't had a chance to even put the website up yet. This blew up so quickly. Jackson endorsed it, by the way, within 20 minutes <laughs> of this being up. Uh, but, uh, I mean, and, and we're expecting congressmen to come in, too. Beth Van Dyne is behind it. There are a few mm -hmm. other people. She's Texas 24. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will give them the information. If they need somebody to actually take them to go get that ID, we have enough people in every state now, I guarantee you, just by casually looking at the list, that someone will gladly... Uh, take that person to go get the idea if they need transportation to get there. If they need the money, it'll be my money that I put forward. This completely destroys their argument. Yes. I mean, I, I know that what they'll say about you. Well, he's some right winger. We can't trust him or whatever they're going to make up. But you have this organization. If comes if it comes to full you know Death Star power here, it will. It completely destroys that side of the argument. Yes. They have. What can they possibly say to this? They, I've already gotten a couple of tweets. Okay, what do we have? You don't get it. This isn't the full issue. I go, what's the full issue? Mm -hmm. Well, silence. Right. So I don't get Listen, Stu. <laughs> That's not a good comment. We don't get it. No, no. They don't have access to voter ID. So I'm like, all right, I will provide this access as far as I need to go. Mm -hmm. To get to literally, I will take a person or a volunteer will take a person to the ID place, wherever it is in that state, mm -hmm. to get their ID. And then I don't get it. I don't, I, what, what more is there to get? Yeah, there really isn't. I mean, this is one of the most popular uh, topics in our political discourse. Republicans love it. Democrats love it. Independents love it. White people love it. Black people love it. Hispanics love it. Women love it. Men love it. Everyone loves voter ID with the exception of elected Democrats. Yeah. And it, what's interesting is, you know, all these people are screaming about this too, this issue on both sides. Why has no one come up with this organization before me? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Stu. Like, you're in yeah. this all the time. Oh, Glenn's in this all the time. All mm -hmm. the people in this network. We're in the middle of this all the time. Yeah. It took a caller on SiriusXM. I can't remember his name. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and, and now I'm going to spearhead this organization. I'm going to get, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> no, I, I feel like at least a nomination. Yeah, I feel like I, at least a nomination. I think a victory is most likely. You're, you're probably minus 120 now uh, on any of the gambling sites. <laughs> um, but you make a, this, beyond your point here uh, of just observing that we didn't do anything, is there something to learn here for conservatives generally? Because we do complain about this stuff all the time. And sometimes there are options like this that are doable. 
and we kind of just like, eh, let's just rant about it for a couple more days. Yeah, uh, stop talking about it and start acting on it because you're wasting so much time. How much time do we waste yeah. arguing back and forth with the left? How much time do normal people waste on Twitter? I waste way too much time. <laughs> hey, my screen time a day, does. my Apple computer told oh. me because it monitors everything, sends it to China and the NSA, mm -hmm. uh, eight and a half hours a day oh I had screen God. time. Doesn't that hurt when that stupid message pops up? <sighs> wow. <laughs> uh, if you're wasting that much time, yeah. every second you waste arguing with someone and not acting, is a, I don't know is a waste. I don't want to you know repeat saying a waste over and over again. Yeah. Just act on it. Come up with something and defeat the narrative with actions, not words. I mean, it's a great idea. It seems simple, mm -hmm. and and the idea you have is is it's a simple solution. It's an elegant solution to a very basic problem. They keep saying these are not accessible. You're making them accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, nice and easy. Nice and easy. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Not, not really nice and easy. I got so much work to do. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's one you. thing to throw the idea out, <laughs> but now I've got to like build a website. Well, I've got to organize these volunteers and everyone in the states. I've actually got to organize this list of names. My email exploded, and it's still exploding to this point that I had to turn off notifications <laughs> of people volunteering. <laughs> a lot of great people out there. By yeah, the way. yeah. First of all, before we get off of this, where, where do people where do people go to help out? IDsacrossamerica.org. Okay, IDsacrossamerica.org. I will say what you just brought up though is probably part of the reason. Because it's a lot easier to, you know, I've come out here a million times. I did a whole show on voter ID a couple weeks ago. And I'll come out here and I'll rant about it. And then I'll go home. Um, where, like, you're, this is going to be a lot of work for you on top of a lot of work that you're already doing. But which one of us is going to get the Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> Not me. No one's giving me that. That's going to be you. That's going to be you. Uh, I feel like that's probably going to go to uh, LeBron James. Um, mm. but Because usually it has to go uh, to some, some sort of woke person it can't be a nobel peace prize cannot go to a conservative we know that every once in a while they, there's like a conservative that gets just nominated like by one of their friends and that's a news story because that's how pathetic we are in this one yeah but it's also it's just the award is nothing but politics how do you get who who nominates i don't know can i, I self-nominate I, I, yes, I should do that for all the awards in, in like high school yeah i never got any you, you, you never even the ones you nominated yourself for yeah i never know yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's hard it's yeah. hard um uh let's go to uh there was a, a situation this weekend that i did not follow closely it's one of these things that you mentioned twitter i go on twitter every once in a while and there's these big things going on all the time you know and i'm not in the middle of them like i'm you know you you, you same thing you're doing a show you pop off you, you go on twitter and there's some like conversation that's two hours in and I can't trace it back. Something happened at a Turning Point convention this weekend. <laughs> I fully did not understand what it was. Can you walk me through it? Yeah, so a porn star went dressed in casual clothes. Porn stars aren't always in porn star mode. I don't know if you knew that. Is that not. true? They're that's not always. Okay. She went good. dressed like mm -hmm. a Dallas mom, basically, just a normal outfit, mm -hmm. bought a ticket, VIP ticket, went, watched a couple of speeches, went back to her hotel room, and then got an email from Turning Point that said her, her IDs were revoked. She's not to come back to this conference. And she is not like, when you say a porn star, she's not like um, a left, a liberal trying to expose the convention. She's as conservative as conservative gets. She actually writes for the uh, Federalist as well. Okay. Her name's Brandy Love. Okay. Uh, and uh, even like Ben Dominich stood up for her this weekend. I'm not a huge mm. fan of that guy, but you know, <laughs> everybody's kind of, it's, it's been this divisive issue between people who say uh, porn stars do not represent conservatism and they can't represent conservatism, so they're not welcome here. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the party that's like, hey, you know, communism is coming and maybe we should all take everybody on that we can take on to right. defeat it yeah it's really this 50 50 thing it's it really i think the conservative side um of the aisle is fascinating right now with so many you know smaller debates going on inside and i think that's healthy right yes it's okay to, to have people who disagree i keep I, every time i see some a couple of people going back and forth that i follow 
And I followed them at some point because I liked them, right? Like I, they said something interesting or something at, at some point. And I feel like everyone gets so pissed off at each other so fast. Like there's not like the, there's not a good, I, I don't know if this, maybe I'm, maybe it's Twitter. It's, it's you know, eight, hour, eight hours a day on Twitter. Maybe that's too much. Um, but like there doesn't seem to be that level of being able to kind of sit back, hear other people make other points, rationally talk to them about it and, you know, realize that you might not end up at the end agreeing with each other. That's OK. There's a lot of big issues out there we need to work on together. Yeah, everything's cranked up to 100. Everybody's yeah. ready to, like, burn everything down. Like, I mean, look, dude, I'll post something cool about bourbon. I like drinking, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll be told alcoholism is bad. You're a sinner. Yeah. And, and like there's like at least five or ten comments uh, about that. And now it's even worse for her because she's in, in porn and people went crazy about this. Yeah. My point being, and out of all of this, uh, you might want to zoom in for this one. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you're so conservative that you don't watch porn, how you, how are you able to identify a porn star <laughs> at the convention? <laughs> it's just a simple thing, right? That's true. There you go. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a good observation. It's a good observation. Um, by the way, Brandy, or, or Bourbon, Bourbon, sorry. Brandy's her name. Bourbon is your drink. Mm -hmm. You are a, like a legit connoisseur. Like, yeah. this is a big thing in your life. I'm an executive bourbon steward, and I'm the media host of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival in Bardstown, Kentucky, from September 16th to 19th this year. I mean, that's a big deal. They let a conservative in. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, I, that's, I feel like, what was the, um, uh, thank you for smoking, you get alcohol, cigarettes, and firearms. Those are the three things we're allowed to host. Yeah, so, that's, it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Don't tell anybody. Most of the people mm -hmm. in bourbon. Mm -hmm. aren't conservative oh my gosh well it's, like it's kentucky that's the way it should be right exactly and it's one of the it's like an american heritage item really like you look at all of the different types of american art i consider it one of the american arts i can really geek out about this yeah. it's not just dr getting drunk for me yeah it's actually drinking this stuff uh and understanding the art behind it and how all of the uh work that goes into it and the craftsmanship that goes into it and the the legacy i mean there are just terms in american culture like trademark um 86ing, things like that. That all comes oh, really? from, mm -hmm, brand mm -hmm. name is another one. That all comes from bourbon. Really? Funded most of our wars as well. Whiskey. Amazing. And I mean, it really is an American art form. It is. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to get involved in. And it's delicious. Um, before, we're talking about American art forms. Before we go, I want to go to uh, China. We started the show today talking about China and what they're doing. Right. This is this is not, you know, it's a difficult thing to deal with because they they're so integrated in the world now in the economy. They are growing very quickly. Everyone wants access to these markets. What do we do about China? Get a new president. <laughs> I mean, like you don't want the guy who's doing business closely with China while he's vice president and his son is all corrupt. over there. That's not your solution for the China. Uh, that is not the, that okay. is not the solution. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way we beat it at this point, because, I mean, yeah. look at where this administration is, how light they are on them, how light they are on Russia as well. Let's not yeah. forget that. But uh, they're doing nothing and, and we're kind of powerless to them. I mean, buy American. That's like the best thing we can do right now is make sure we buy American. I'm selling these hats now and I, I found out yeah. the ones I was making uh, were from China. <laughs> and so I canceled that entire order and I went all American made because I was a hypocrite on that. Where do people go to get them, by the way? Uh, I don't have the website up yet. It's going to be on my Twitter and my what Instagram. The heck what kind look, of promotion my... is this? Look, I you're just wearing started... the hat on the show. You I don't just... have a place to go buy it. I just started my road to a Nobel Peace Prize the other day. <laughs> That's true. Uh, these, so no, these are these are pretty popular. And I'm on the TikTok now too. I let China read all my stuff. Once I figured the Good. NSA reads all my stuff, Good. China can have it too. That to me, all the stuff that they've done. They've killed 60 million people. They've released the coronavirus all over the world, uh, or at least didn't contain it. Here we are. I think TikTok's the worst thing they've ever done. 
That's really? Three point three million views I've had in three weeks on TikTok. Well, you're probably they, they see me as divisive. The Chinese government sees me probably as divisive. Yeah. And they're making whatever Iger Muslim slave that that edits things on TikTok okay all my stuff. <laughs> All right, one more time with the website to help people actually get yep. their voter ID so we can solve this once and for all. IDsacrossamerica.org. Right. And on Twitter? Uh, at Tim Runs His Mouth. Tim Runs His Mouth. All right, Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. Thank you so much for coming back for another week of Doing America. If only Joe Biden were this dedicated. He's not, though. If you haven't yet, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Stu Does America. Get exclusive pics, content, and there's a handy dandy link in the bio to guide you to all the platforms where you can stream us. There's also a link there for the merch site. And there you can get a t-shirt or mug that says, don't be an idiot, don't be a LeBron. Mm -hmm. You can get that right now. What a great thing to wear to show people that you're not an idiot and you are not as awful as LeBron James. Uh, this weekend, I will say, was a real challenge. As a man who uh, happens to, uh, to sell a t-shirt that says, don't be an idiot, don't be a LeBron, the requests from my children this weekend were quite disturbing. Uh, my son really loves sports, really loves basketball, really wanted to see Space Jam uh, 2. And I, and I, look, I was looking for things to do this weekend. It was rainy a lot here in Texas. A movie was a good idea. We were going to go see one. He really wanted to see Space Jam 2. And then my daughter has a Bugs Bunny stuffed animal that she really likes. And she really wanted to go see Space Jam 2. And I, I hate to tell. I feel bad. I feel like I let you down uh, this weekend. I, I feel bad telling you that all of this occurred in my household. And we decided to go to a movie. And that's why we went to go see Peter Rabbit, because I told my kids, no, you are not going to see LeBron James in a movie. You are not supporting LeBron James. LeBron James is awful in every single way. He is not. You want to watch Space Jam? We'll watch the real one with Michael Jordan. The true story, the documentary, not this crappy thing that they're putting out now. So just so you know, my kids were not poisoned by that terrible, terrible man. No, absolutely not. Okay. by the way, Peter Rabbit. Enjoyable for your kids. I don't know. It's it had all sorts of crazy messages in it too. But that doesn't. Don't worry about that. At least LeBron James didn't get any money. Um, another show that I do love, and I've, I've been clear and 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 crystal clear on this from the very beginning. I love Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is an awesome show. I freaking love it. I love Peppa. I love George. I love Mommy. I love Daddy Pig. I love all the characters on Peppa Pig. I watch it with my daughter every 10 seconds uh, from her birth and, and until, I mean, we still say we love Peppa Pig. She still drinks out of her Peppa Pig glasses because we, as a family, at least as a father-daughter thing, we love freaking Peppa Pig. So I love this story. In the pandemic, kids were watching so much Peppa Pig that they started talking in a British accent. Now, <laughs> If you didn't, if you didn't know, if you don't know Peppa Pig, it's an adorable couple of pig, uh, pig uh, creatures. They uh, they do all these adorable little things, and they speak. You know, it's a British cartoon, so they have the little British accent. They say the British things. And my kids, they have the examples here. Um, uh, they're saying telly instead of television, uh, Father Christmas instead of Santa Claus, uh, and this one, which my kids actually do. If you grew up in America, as I did. 
You say, ready, get set, go. Well, not Peppa. Peppa says, ready, steady, go. And I've noticed my daughter saying, ready, steady, go. So, I mean, look, LeBron didn't indoctrinate them, but at least a British pig did. Uh, Falcons kicker uh, Youngho Shiku has, uh, has, has had his Jeep stolen. He posted a picture of an empty parking spot and said his Jeep had been stolen. This sucks, but he's really rich, probably. I mean, he's making like a million dollars a year. He could probably afford another car. He's got insurance, I'm sure. The problem, though, was that he said, look, I wouldn't even be mad. Just bring my cleats back so I can kick. You get attached to, uh, to, to your, to your uh, shoes uh, as a kicker. <laughs> he just wants his freaking shoes back. Well, you bring the guy's shoes back. Keep the Jeep. Bring the shoes back. I do feel like, though, in 2021, these cars are so highly computerized. How is anyone getting away with stealing cars anymore? I mean, aren't I being tracked all the time, no matter where I go? How is this even happening? Um, an Irish gymnast uh, is, is taking on this Olympic controversy. Now, this is something that's well known about the Olympics. The Olympic Village is essentially a giant gathering of some of the most in-shape people in the world. And they all sleep in very close quarters in like dormitory style life. And at the end, they're just popping out like uh, mixed nationality super kids that go on and eventually will take over the world. That much we know from science. But there's this idea that during the COVID period, maybe you don't want them hooking up as much. So there these beds that they have in these in the Olympic Village are made out of cardboard, seriously cardboard. Uh, and there was an accusation by one player that they just don't want you to have two people on the bed. They don't want you hooking up. So they've made the beds uncomfortable and breakable. If two people get on these beds, they're just going to collapse. Well, the Irish gymnast decided to uh, give you a rundown of if that's real or if is that fake news. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake, fake news. <laughs> fake news. Uh, it's a solid accent. Um, I look that good shirtless too, by the way, in case you were wondering, which, uh, which you probably were not. Um, but just trust me on that one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bust out. I take a lot of. I'm, I'm one of those guys like, just like taking pictures of myself all the time, the little selfies, you know, shirtless selfies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off on sh- displaying those right now. Look, a lot of people are listening on podcasts and they would miss out. And that's not fair. That is not fair to them. Okay? Back in a second. Speaking of the Olympics, Built Bar is now the official sponsor of the Olympic USA track and field team. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They're always, I will say, occasional is not the right word. They're always coming out with new innovative stuff. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Always something delicious. Always something delicious from Built Bar. And if you uh, don't know what flavor you enjoy, just get the mix box. You get two of everything. Try them all out. See which ones you like. My recommendation is uh, to put them in the refrigerator. My wife always has them in the refrigerator. Um, and he, that's the best way to eat them. Uh, she always says that. And she knows Bill Bar better than anybody. Uh, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of net carbs. You can't beat them. They're healthy. They're delicious. They start with taste. 
They started the company. They said, hey, let's make something that tastes good. And then we'll make sure it's healthy for them, too. Built.com is the place to go to get your Built Bar. Built.com. Use the promo code STU15. You will save 15% off your first order. The promo code is STU15 for 15% off at Built.com. Did you know that when you make a comment on one of my YouTube episodes that I see it? I see every freaking comment, okay? Every single one. And here's a quick note to one of our regular repliers. I'm keeping track of the Rick Rolls. Uh, so you know, keep it up. I keep 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 them coming. You know who you are. I just like the song. It's just a great song by Rick Astley. Anyway, uh, be sure to get involved on YouTube. Rate and review the show as well on your favorite podcast provider. Always remembering that five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Some comments from YouTube. Uh, am I the only one that sees the irony of the people yelling Russia, Russia, Russia for the past four years and now creating? A ministry of truth. <laughs> that is a little bit odd. Uh, this one comes in. I love when Hillary, Hillary Kennedy, is on your show, Pat's show, or Sarah's show, or any of the Blaze shows. She's just so much fun. I thought to myself, is that written by Hillary? Um, but no, it was written by someone named Susan Rice. So I'm now completely convinced that Hillary is a spy. That's just what I took out of that story. Um, some reviews from iTunes. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Whatever. Lisa Page's husband has a podcast. Yes, that's true. I do. But thank you very much for the five freaking stars. It's great. Whatever. His tie clip is a bit aggressive, but I let it slide. Well, thank you so much. Five freaking stars. We do appreciate it. Thank you for uh, taking in the time. Even if you don't listen to the show, just go there. Subscribe to it. Tell people that you listen to it lie to them. It's okay. And remember, every time you help us on the podcast charts, you're hurting someone else. And that's the most important thing. I want to give you a couple uh, quick uh, items here on the COVID situation. First of all, we have, uh, there's this kind of talk about the vaccine. Is it failing in the United Kingdom? That's been a big talking point. A lot of people saying that the media is talking about this as this big, um, scary, scary thing. People got vaccinated. Now, it's AstraZeneca is the vaccine they mainly used in Great Britain. We don't have that approved here for use in the United States. Uh, so we don't know exactly how that uh, performs. It's supposedly pretty similar to the Johnson & Johnson one. Anyway, uh, cases are going crazy in the UK right now. But I want to show you this in case uh, you, you haven't looked at this beyond the sort of headline numbers. There's this idea that for most of the pandemic, it made sense, right, for us to kind of look at like a geographical area that might have had a different set of policies um, than another. People talked about Sweden, for example. Let's look at the Swedish numbers. How are they doing? Um, let's look at Florida versus New York. And throughout most of the pandemic, that made some sense because we had to generalize based on geographic area because we didn't have specifics about each individual person. That's sort of letting that's not really the case anymore especially when it comes to hospitalizations and deaths. We can know with pretty high level of certainty whether someone is vaccinated or not. Um, and so we can break this down into much more specific uh, age groups and get more a better look at the data. And this is the data for positive tests in Great Britain. And if you look at this, this is by age. Uh, it has from school kids up to 24. Uh, you see um, a pretty high rise in the number of positive tests. This is test uh, percentage. And you see the positive test percentage increasing rather dramatically in, like, for example, people between the ages of 12 and 24. There, about half of people between those age groups are vaccinated. As you go up from 25 to 34, the rate, the increase is much smaller, about a third of the increase uh, as the 12 to 24 age group. As you go up from 35 to 49 years old, 
It's about half of the increase of the previous age group. Uh, from 50 to 69 is about half the uh, increase from that previous increase, uh, age group. Bottom line is, as you see, the older you are, the less likely the increase is to have hit your group. Why is that? Because people in these older age groups are vaccinated at 95%. So they're seeing almost no increase in their cases, while younger people who are much less likely to be vaccinated for real, honest, understandable reasons, by the way, those are the people who are getting uh, infected um, in this latest wave. That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, honestly. If you're 12 years old and you get coronavirus, most likely it's going to mean absolutely nothing to you. Um, and as someone who gets um, immunity uh, after the, the disease passes, we please, of course, hope that it does. But it makes no sense to sit here and say that the vaccines are failing. We're seeing here in the United States, the, you know, what was it, 99.9% .9 of hospitalizations in the U.S. Might be 99% or something of that nature um, are coming from people who are not vaccinated. Uh, uh, so the, the bottom line here is there's no real evidence to show that these are failing at this point. And you might want them to fail. I don't know why you'd want that. Some people, I guess, do. Uh, but hopefully they hold on, at least stopping people from getting, because uh, some people are getting testing positive. We're seeing these, you know, famous people in the news. Uh, some of the Democrats that said they were vaccinated went up and... <laughs> Which is just hilarious, frankly. I, hopefully none of them get sick. I guess I don't want to say it's hilarious. We assume that they're not going to get particularly sick. They all seem to have very light symptoms because they had the vaccine. But still, the idea that they all went up there on a freaking private jet without wearing their masks and now they're all passing the disease to, to one another is mildly... It's mildly unexpected. Let's say that. Let's say that. Mildly unexpected. By the way, uh, they're announcing they want your kids to wear masks in school, whether they're vaccinated or not. That's the new advice. I mean, when is this going to end? It really is completely ridiculous. Look, if, you're, if you've had the virus, if you had the vaccine, there's no reason to do any of this stuff. Uh, if you're in, if you're a child, I mean, it's it's a, there's no reason to send kids to school with masks on at this point. It's just insanity. And it continues. It continues. Back in a second. So a couple of authors are writing a book uh, about pizza. And that you might say that sounds fantastic. I, I, I like pizza. I want to read about pizza. They are saying the best pizza in America is Portland, Oregon. Now, I know they're just trying to sell books. I got it. I, I understand that they're trying to, oh, I'm going to say something controversial. And no one's going to, everyone's going to say Portland, Oregon. They even have pizza there. No one knows. No one, the people in Portland order their pizza from other parts of the country. That's, that's what happens. Okay, that's the truth. I went on Gold Belly. They don't even sell Portland pizza, or at least I couldn't find any. They had other pizzas that I, of course, had to order because I saw a picture of them. Uh, but uh, they didn't even, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's a travesty. It's a sham. It's a mockery. It's a Travis sham mockery. Remember that. Come on. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I guess if you're in Portland and you're looking for the best slice of pizza in the entire country, you can head there. You can go to Portland. You can take advantage of their Antifa deal. Uh, large pepper spray and cheese. Side of chopped salad. Concrete and vanilla milkshake. I mean, uh, they have it all there. And you can bust the heads of some conservatives while you're at it. Before we leave, hey, Portland. Great chance to tell you about the Wokeness is Weakness line of products. Yes. Did you know Wokeness is Weakness? It's not strength. I'll tell you that much. It's not strength. 
Wokeness is weakness. We threw it on a shirt for you. You can wear it to Portland to get your pizza, which is actually probably good because all pizza is good. I, they wrote a, a book about Elios. I would freaking buy it.